and welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers. Yay! I, of course, hey, 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 hey it's fun. <laughs> uh, I, of course, am your host, Mike Burge, the hostess with the mostess. And uh, joined with me today, I have Diana Demiro and Bernadette Gorman White. And we are here today to talk about not one movie, but two movies that both have the same name. We're talking about 1994's Little Women, The Tiny Women. The Tiny Ladies, and 2019's Little Women. Slightly bigger Little Women. Bigger. Ooh, older, maybe different wiser. Di- different directors, uh, Gillian Anderson and Greta Gerwig, two Gs. And uh, as it's, it's Gillian Armstrong. Armstrong or Gillian Anderson? Oh, no, yeah. because I did that earlier. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Check your shit. Armstrong. Not. It's almost as if that's not even really a famous last bum, name. Bum, bum, almost. Bum, bum, bum. Do we want to restart? Do we want to restart? All right, we can restart. Re- okay. No, this is endearing. Hello, and welcome to another episode of... Uh, and of course, on Overdrinkers, the, we are always uh, talking about a movie with a themed beverage. And today, I thought it would be nice and sophisticated and warm to have a nice, good glass of hot tea. So cheers to yes. you. Cheers. Mm. Feels good on my hands. Mm. Mm-hmm. Refreshing. So British. Very. Mm-hmm. Which this movie does not take place in. Colonial no. America. Yes. Colonial. Oh, yes. This tea is very colonial. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're here. We're going to talk about the uh, original 1994 movie. Not the original, but the classic 94. Yeah, there's like four or five there's versions. of them. Yeah. Film versions of Little Women. There was one just last year or two or three years oh, ago. Oh, you're right. modern time. I didn't, I didn't see catch it. that. It looked terrible. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, as a kid, I definitely watched the Katherine Hepburn version before the 90s version came out. And then once the 90s version came out, that was like my version. I haven't seen the 33 or the 49. Yeah. I've seen the 94 and the 19. Yeah. The, the Katherine Hepburn version, when we talk characters – there's some that were super goof troop in that version. <laughs> it's a it's a star is born all over again. Yeah, There's kind so of. So many of them. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Diana, you are I think our only token book reader here. You know what? I had never read it until this year, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. I rocked the audiobook because that's the easier way for me to mm-hmm. from work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of cool because I had always watched the '94 version and not read the book. So it was interesting, you know, when we get to a certain point, um, I would love to, like, just mention a couple of things to you guys that either they really went for it and went, like, right like the book or each director kind of did their own thing at a different point in the movie, Mm -hmm. which is weird. I just didn't know. So the 90s version, I just assumed that's the way the book was. But there's definitely some – she took some liberties for Mm -hmm. sure. And then I think Gerwig's version – is really close in some ways, and then she also kind of like switches it up, makes her own mark. Mm-hmm. She also seems to kind of dip a little bit into like real life Louisa May Alcott, which is cool. Yeah, and yeah, we can talk about that too. Who read the audiobook? Um, it was Christina Ricci. Cool, which really? I thought was cool. That so is cool. Yeah, it's on Audible. It was uh, like one freebie credit if you have an Audible account, 
And mm-hmm. I think I can send it to a friend for free if oh. you want. Mm. Slide into those DMs. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to read it this year. It's yeah. on my list to yeah, make was, sure I finally read it. I think it it kind of was good because, you know, as movies go, they happen so much faster. Mm-hmm. So some things that I was like, what the? When I first saw the movies, you kind of have more time to develop your take on it. Or you're like, oh, I get why she feels that way. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. So let's, uh, why don't we start out? Icebreaker. Uh, what is uh, everyone's individual um, relationship with the 1994 version? Which everyone? Yeah, I actually didn't see it in 94 when it came out, but I saw it when I was maybe 11 or 12. I was in junior high and during band class, you know. They just put it on. That's during, awesome. Like the holidays, I guess the band director had stuff to do. So that's good. <laughs> put awesome. on a movie <laughs> and watching Little Women, it took like two days to watch the whole movie, just coming in during like fourth period or whatever. That's and watching pretty it. sweet. The- and then I was hooked and I yeah. watch it pretty much every year now. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I did watch it in the theater. I think 94, I was like 13. So I went with my best friend, Lori. And my sisters and my mom, and we saw it in Red Hook at the Lyceum 6, which still exists, and Gabby was learning how to drive stick on my sister Jessie's car, and they were, like, doing donuts in the parking lot, and my friend and I were just sitting on the curb watching. Someone came out of the theater, wrote down the license plate, ran back inside, and called the cops on us. And it was really funny because we got banned from the theater, but they still let us go see the movie. (laughs) So they were like, after today, you're never allowed back. <laughs> or at least that's what Gabby says. But I don't know if that's really true. Cause y- we your didn't... sister Gabby? Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty funny. But um, huh, So your mom took four little ladies. Yeah. It, it was so good. And I like, yeah. it was such a good experience because it was like all the actresses of the time. You know? It was like, oh, man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So and- I definitely watch it every Christmas. Usually yeah. with either two, my two best friends from high school, if they're home, which they haven't been, but we are, we're all like, are you watching it with your sister? Okay, cool. Or I watch it, yeah, with two, one or two of my sisters, so. And nice. I'm, I'm sure you and your sisters quote it all the time oh, to each other. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some good one-liners in there. <laughs> some of them are not meant to be funny, but it's okay. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I, I am boy- so I had not seen Little Women until about, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Well, I'm a little older than you guys, too. So mm-hmm. to put that in context, like, Byrne watched it at about the same age that I watched it, but she watched mm-hmm. it a few years later when mm-hmm. it was already out. Yeah, I watched it in maybe, like, yeah. 2001. Yeah. Or, yeah. When I saw it in the theater, it was, like, Winona Ryder was, like, at her peak. Yeah. So it was, like, oh, well, shit. That's what it's always been to me is, like, it's always <laughs> been, like, you know, Little Women has always been this movie that has, like, this all-star cast yes, of, such like, a good young cast. women who just became, like, Insanely famous actresses, Except and for, also the the girl, the 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 what is it? She's the actress from uh, the Frighteners, Trini. which is the only reason mm-hmm. that I knew her. She's the only one that didn't hit big. Yeah, I thought she was Annie McDowell this whole time, and then I see her, and I was like, <laughs> "Hold on a second, that's the love interest from the Frighteners." Aww. I can kind of see that. Yeah. the comparison. If only she had been in four weddings and a funeral, maybe her career would have bounced back. Hey. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, that was also well, who plays older Amy in uh, Samantha Mathis. Samantha Mathis, mm. which yeah, I was, pump which, up the volume. Which I said Elizabeth Banks just swept in and took all of Samantha Mathis's steam, <laughs> just like. I don't know. That's a lot yeah. later, but yeah, she Smith was, and Math is kind of crashed and burned too. Yeah, she was an American Psycho, also with Christian Bale. Yeah, oh, damn. I was gonna say I was trying to remember I think like they the dated last in thing. Real life. The last Back thing then, I saw that was like a Samantha issue of Seventeen in. magazine kind of spread, mm-hmm. where it was like, that "Who's dating who?" Yeah, she like, doesn't really perform anymore. Samantha Mathis. Yeah, I don't Ooh, care. I'm sorry. I think she was in something fairly recently, but it wasn't a big thing. Mm-hmm. Because I can't remember the name. But I yeah. think she has been in something yeah. within the last three years or so. Mm. So my cousin and I used to always watch either you love it or you hate it or you kind of love it because it's kind of crappy. The Christian Slater movie Pump Up the Volume where it was like he was like a secret DJ and no one knew his <laughs> – no one knew who he really was. They only knew him as this like underground DJ. He's like the Banksy of DJs. Kind of, I guess. But he's he was, got a good DJ voice. He was like voice. supposed to be a high school kid, but then Samantha Mathis is in it. And she finally finds out who he is, and you know, she takes her shirt off. It's like a big deal. Well, that's one of the biggest twists. <laughs> that's one of the biggest <laughs> twist cool. reveals in Mr. Robot is that Christian Slater's character has been his character from Pump Out the Volume the whole time. <laughs> that's the big twist. It's a show that's built on twists and yeah. reveals. Change your perspective. I love it. I'll still watch it. I love. Some I don't Christian. even mind. Oh man, I love. Uh, I love some Christian Slater, but that's getting off topic. Yeah, I'd never, I'd never, I'd never seen it, and me, me and Diana watched it uh, together. Yeah, uh, I really wanted you Christmas. to see it before we watched this on Christmas new one. Eve, right? Yeah, we watched it Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was really hoping that Mike would catch it before the new one came out. It was kind of important for me to do that because it was like I don't want to watch this new one without like the fun side line of being able to compare it and kind of see exactly like not like competitively but just being able to see like what's a movie that was made like you know 25 years ago compared to being made now well yeah because i i I was really interested in you know the different takes because burn is sort of more like me where she kind of has this affection for the 94 version and you're coming in it with much more fresh take um because you don't have that nostalgia for it in the same way. But you can still appreciate the original version. So, I, yeah, I was interested to hear what you guys both thought of it because, yeah, we can do our, our mini hot takes before we jump into stuff. But. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> I, I will say that I've spoken to a handful of people here at the theater and my mother-in-law, too, had never read the book or yeah. seen any of the other adaptations. Oh, and this wow, is their really? first for a lot of people. Oh, Interesting. Wow. Which is surprising to me. That is surprising to me. I was I was actually really surprised how quickly the shows here at the theater were selling out when it first came out. Oh yeah. I mean I know it was in a smaller theater space, but mm-hmm. I was sort of like, oh yeah, there's gonna be some moms and some sisters that want to see this. But then I was like, oh shit, there's a lot of people that want to see this and maybe that's, you know, to Greta Gerwig's credit. From mm-hmm. the success of Ladybird, and I definitely think there's some cool things that she's starting to develop her own style. So I want to. I hope she keeps directing. Mm-hmm. She's doing some good stuff. Well, I mean, because this one's got an all-star cast too. Like yeah, you know, Emma Watson and Cersei Ronan have definitely arrived. They've made it. They're really big. Yeah. And um, Eliza Scanlon, Scanlon yeah. and Florence Pugh yeah, are this like is, this is on like the, the year rise of Florence right Pugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say. I've seen a lot of movies with Adam Driver and Florence Pugh this year. A lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 2019. They're busy. And Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. 
So um, sticking on the 94 one for a brief second, like, so that's like. So we want to talk that all-star cast? I mean, some that, names? I mean, that's the whole thing is yeah, like, I think that's one so of the good. most interesting things about it is that you've got like Claire Danes, uh, Winona Ryder, Kirsten Dunst, Samantha Mathis, Susan Sarandon's in there. Yeah, Susan Sarandon as the mom is awesome. Mm-hmm. She's so I love good. Her. I was the most worried about that character going into the new one because I love Susan Sarandon as the mom because mm-hmm. she's sort of like. Playful, but also wise. And she's kind of like the oldest sister. Yeah, she's <laughs> great. Yeah, you're just kind of like, oh, man, I would like to be in this family. Mm-hmm. There was definitely <laughs> having just seen it for the first time so recently and then watching the new one, there were certain scenes that I was really looking forward to. You know, the big scenes, like the the proposals and like the, the first time going in and talking to like the notary or the editor of like the newspaper, like all of these like little scenes that I was like, I can't wait to see how they do this. And one of the big ones was – Probably my favorite moment in the 1994 one is when Beth gets sick for the first time. Yeah. And the doctor is like, there's no, he takes his glasses off slowly. He's like, there's no good. It, yeah. It's only do. time now. And then Susan Sarandon comes back in. And she's And like, she's just like, get the, get this, clear get that this blanket yeah, yeah, off of her feet. Yeah. Let's get this and that. Let's go. And, and I, saves her life. And it's yeah. like really, really cool. It is and cool. that scene is not in... The Greta Gerwig one, not, it is implied, but we don't actually but, see it. Yeah, it's yeah. not to the extent. Like, I definitely feel like Susan Sarandon as Marmy, as the mom, like, she makes you feel safe. She's mm-hmm. like a tough bitch. She yeah. just has your back. There's a, yeah. there's a veracity to like and, her, like, where you're like, yeah, I would want that person in my corner. And it's kind mm-hmm. of funny. Like, she's got a little bit of, like, a teacher vibe sometimes, or, like, she's like... Oh, I just think the ladies need just as much exercise as the boys do, but they have these restrictive corsets. And you're like, okay, easy, Susan. Easy, Susan. <laughs> Dial it back. This is still supposed to be 1880s or whatever. You know, it's, it's pretty funny. I love the scene where she and Meg are carrying firewood, and she's, like, schooling John Brooks, who's probably, like, the most understanding male oh, in that yeah. story. And you're like, you don't need to tell Mr. Brooks. No. Like, he gets it, Marmy. He yeah. gets it. Mr. Brooks is really good and – that's Eric Stoltz in this version. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Gabriel Byrne is uh, Professor Bear, which yeah. I feel like is good because, yo, the Catherine Hepburn version, Professor Bear is fug. <laughs> so oh. I've heard. And I'm so just I've like, heard. And so I was so upset when I watched that version as a kid. I was like, why would she want to do that? Be alone instead. That's a better way. But I guess that makes more sense to the book, right? Because it doesn't does. the book make mention of there's not an attractive feature on his face? Yeah. So it's it's interesting. So if you do want to re- yeah, if you want to reference the book, the the book kind of paints him. As like in his forties, which in now that I'm thirty eight is not that old. No. In my isn't, mind. It, isn't it fun how time <laughs> <No>. works? <laughs> it's all relative. So I'm like, oh, there's definitely some hot forty year olds, mm-hmm. but in the description of the book, he's he's described as sort of portly, like he likes to eat, he's supposed to be a little bit of a slob, he like darns his own socks, and he's kind of like this weird, like funny silly, overeducated man who's, like, great with kids. He's, like, eccentric. He's, like, very generous, so, like, everybody likes him. He's always doing favors for people and stuff like that. So he's, like, well-liked by everyone and, like, well-loved, but you don't necessarily think, ah, attraction. Mm. Like, for Joe especially. You just, like, they have a good time talking to each other. You know, like, they have these good book conversations and 
at one point in the book, she's trying to learn German from him. So it's kind of like a, a way for them to like intimately hang out. But you're still like, oh, I still don't think that's just her friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they could just be friends. <laughs> well, with that context, I really like the Gabriel Byrne reading yeah. even more then. Yeah. He's yeah. and he's he's way hotter than somebody else they could cast. Gabriel Byrne's a fucking snack. Yeah. He's it's nineteen ninety four or twenty eighteen. Yeah. Hereditary? Cut me off a slice of that. <laughs> yeah. My weird tangent brain, too, has me on this thing in my head that I have to get out. Otherwise, I'll just be thinking about it for the next 10 minutes. When you said you're 38 now and looking at, like, people who are of an age that, yeah. like, you grew up with, where you're like, I just realized, like, I've never, I've, no, I've never – no, I've never – completely removed from Little Women. That's a oh. tangent. I've never considered until just a moment ago that Marty McFly is a teenager and he's younger than me right now. Oh, yeah. the character. Like, I, the yeah. character, yeah. I'm yeah. like, because I watch it and I grew up with it. He's always been like, I want to be like Marty McFly when I grow up. And I watch it now and I'm like, I want to be like Marty McFly. And I'm like, he's like an 18-year-old <laughs> punk. <laughs> I wonder how old he was when he was actually playing that. Michael Probably J. like Fox. 23, 24. Michael yeah. J. Yeah. Fox and Ralph Macchio definitely have that, like, de-aging. Well, wasn't Ralph Macchio? Yeah, Ralph Macchio was like close to 30, I think, when he, he did was. Karate Kid or That's something. That's why I call Might my sister Gabby. But- Karate Kid all the time because she looks so young. Gabby yeah. has definitely <laughs> drank from a fountain of youth yeah. somewhere. Ponce de Leon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. Eric Stoltz was the first person up for Marty ah, McFly. So We're oh, yeah. 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 back. professional. I definitely think, you know, I, we'll get into it later, but I, I'd be interested to talk about like Eric Stoltz version versus the new guy playing mm-hmm. Mr. Brooke because I kind of like the new version. It, it makes him a little bit more um, like a little more human. I feel like he's he's a little stuffy sometimes in in the Eric Stoltz version. It doesn't seem as well baked. Yeah, like it wasn't ready to come out of the oven yet. Yeah. It was still delightful to watch. Yeah, but he's kind of like a cartoon compared to the rest of the right. people. Right, right. I, I agree. Feel, I feel like the most humanizing parts are like when she has her babies, or like there's like a couple of times where he's like, oh, you know, like he's finally like part of the family, and you're like, okay, this is better. When he's just like trying to talk to her about stuff, you're like, eh. Be quiet, Mr. Brooke. (laughs) I think it's helpful, too, that this Mr. Brooke actually looks a lot older than Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. And so you get that juxtaposition of age a little bit better in this new version. That's true. And that older version where Eric Stoltz still looks very young. He does. And it's funny. Like, so did you guys watch uh, Newsies? No. What the fuck? I mean, I've only ever seen Newsies, like, once a long time ago. I oh. don't remember like anything. Sarah Salem, if you're watching. Watching? <laughs> Listening. <laughs> Listening. <laughs> yeah. No, I have I have a couple of friends that really like Newsies. So apparently Christian Bale had just come off of doing Newsies, which is like musical, dancing, everything. He was just getting popular. And I feel like this is sort of the turn. This is like the last sweet character that he played. Mm-hmm. I feel like after this movie, he kind of like... Got weird. Goes down the dark path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like, yeah, what year was American Psycho? Like, that had to be like I 2000. I want to say 2000. Yeah. So just six years later, yeah. he turns into... Must have done some Patrick stuff in between. Bateman. Just crazy man. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Christian kinda... Bale. That was a weird dude. But it, he, you know, I do kind of... I do kind of love him in this, though, because I, I like that him and his grandpa are, are like, kind of British. You know, yeah. like, they kind of come over as, like, they moved to America, but they're not, like, crazy farmer Americans. They are, like, a little holdover from, 
European culture. Mm -hmm. And he's like, plays the piano and he's got his beautiful floppy hair and like, you know, I just kind of like that he's got bad teeth and he's being cute. You know, it's yeah. kind of awesome. Yeah, it was my joke's been like, it's amazing that Christian Bale had Timothy Chalamet's haircut yes. 25 <laughs> years before like Timothy Chalamet was even really on the scene. I like he like, knew what it was going to look like. Well, I feel like the way Christian Bale dresses to be Laurie in the 94 movie is kind of how Timothy Chalamet probably dresses in actual life. Yeah, right. like, definitely. He's taking fashion cues, slightly beautiful flouncy shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Really styly. <laughs> Did you guys see that Timothy Chalamet movie? Like, that was obviously shelved years ago. And after the success of Call Me By Your Name, they released it last year. It was called, like, it was called, like, uh, like Hot Crazy Nights. Was it, like, he was selling like drugs or yeah, something? Yeah, he was selling drugs. I only stuff. watched the trailer for it. Yeah, I, wa had the I watched from... that in my 2018, like, speed run, like, watching all these, like, really tiny movies that didn't get theatrical releases. Had the girl from it's The Guest good. in it. Yeah, it had her. It, uh, what's her name? Um, I'm not, I'm not good. Yeah, I can't remember. It Follows. Yeah. yeah I, I still haven't it. seen It Follows, so I need to at some point. It Follows is good. That's I haven't I've, seen any of those three movies, heard. so. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't name names for you because Burn, I'm not Watch sure. The Guest. That, yeah, that have, would be my top pick of those three. We have cool. The Guest converted to play at the theater like any time. I'm like, we should have just like a I'm definitely a down. Screening. Ooh, it's really Dan good. Stevens, right? Dan Stevens. Any, my introduction anything to Dan. With Dan I'm allowed, Stevens. I'm allowed to swear. I already did, right? Yeah, you're allowed to swear. Don't fucking swear. Dan Stevens is the not a good guy, and he's fucking hot in that movie. I don't care if he's good or bad. He's always like you. You realize pretty early on that he's not a good character, like he's not a good person, and you're still like, "You're fucking hot." I know the premise, and I would totally watch that movie. And it's funny. It's funny too, in like juxtaposition of like knowing where he was at in his career now, and like having done like a bunch of research with like um Adam Wingard the director uh it's also got an amazing soundtrack it's it's a really great good. soundtrack yeah. but it's a uh, he was like making Downton Abbey at the time as well which that character is very kind of like skinny and frail I don't know anything about no Downton you know Abbey. what to be honest with you when it first started out he was he had packed on some pounds he was mm -hmm. he was a little bit softer in Downton Abbey oh I see he gets ripped for the guest because yeah. I yeah. was like oh he's Matthew his face looks much thinner and then he takes his shirt off and you're like Jesus mm -hmm. it's, it's intense Dan Stevens not in Little Women is he no no <laughs> <laughs> what did Dan Stevens show up in recently that I didn't Her know? Her smell. He, Her smell, right. Yeah. I didn't know he was in that Rocker. movie. He walks in that door and I was like, oh, don't mind if I do. Dirty Dan. He's so level-headed in that movie. He's a sweet little In that boy. movie of chaos. Yes. Leather jacket. Dan Stevens. That sweater he's wearing yeah. when he shows up at the house. Spoilers for her smell. But uh, that's a nice, tasty little sweater he's got. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. But, um, okay, back to Little Women. <laughs> okay, so we're, you know what we were... We're mentioning good soundtracks, and I have to point out that the 94 soundtrack is, like, so good. so good. And it's, like, one of my all-time favorites. It's not necessarily a Christmas soundtrack, but I do like listening to it around the holidays. Um, it's Thomas Newman. It's really beautiful. It's got, like, some of the songs still make me choke up a little because you think of the movie. Ten and out of ten. It's really good. I'm always, like, any uh, composers that use a lot of piano, I'm a sucker for. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's really good. But I, I like the new soundtrack for the new movie, too. Also good. Yeah. I, I really like Alexander Desplat. Yeah. And this one isn't going to stick with me, but it's enjoyable. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely gave it a listen again recently while I was kind of like mulling over, uh, you know, what we might talk about for the podcast and things like that. And I was like, oh, it does have some good reoccurring themes throughout. 
But you're right. Yeah, it's not necessarily like the best soundtrack by him that I've heard because I've I really like him mm-hmm. too. I feel like it's. I listened to it today too while I was working, and it's I still was good. Like, I think yeah. it's something that you wouldn't think to put it on. Mm. Like when you're like, "What do I want to listen to?" But if you were to fall on that and put it on, you're kind of immediately like happy with it. You're like, "Yeah, yeah yes, this is good to listen yeah. to." But it doesn't, like you said, like I agree, like it doesn't really stand out to you. Like that's something I want. Like well, I put it know, on. Johan theory of everything is yeah. like my theory of everything. Go to score because I'm just like. That's how you get stuff done. It's just very. I I might be wrong, but I feel like um, Alexandra Desplat also did the soundtrack for the remake of Pride and Prejudice. Oh, I'm not sure. I could be wrong about that, but that soundtrack is really good. I like it even better than the Little Women soundtrack. So, Mm. like, that's a good one. Like, I went and bought the piano music for that one because I was like, this is really good. So. And I think it might also be that nostalgia factor yeah. for the Thomas Newman one. Just totally. It's, a, it's a hard, hard act to follow, too. It's like a yes. full orchestra at times. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's got more epic. But both good. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so moving maybe uh, like more towards like the 2019 one real quick. Because uh, we're kind of bouncing back and forth, yeah. but I think we laid down the groundwork on the 94 one yeah. pretty good. And I feel like we'll talk more about it as we get into the 2019. So. I think you, you can't not because it's just easy to compare and mm-hmm. contrast for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, you know, it, it's it's a similar story, obviously. What's your what's your no spoily, not getting too deep into it hot take of the new one? Did you like it? You were okay on it? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a, a fun time, a nice movie. A nice, good, clean, fun movie. I, I think I heard you say like you were like that's a that's a Christmas classic. I'll watch that again. Yes, or something yeah, like, like that's that. like I would watch that again. Like December come this year, revisit that yeah. and like watch yeah. it again immediately. But what about you, Bird? I liked it. There were three characters that I really liked. Yeah. And then because of that, it kind of eclipsed the other performances for me personally. Sure, and sure. we'll get into the like ones the I really liked. Yeah. Um, I did not dislike it. Yeah. But I do think its method of storytelling was a little jarring, not for plot oh, yeah. for me. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. for the fact that it felt like it was just like checking off the boxes at the beginning of the movie. I see. The rhythm took a while for me to get used to yeah. knowing the 94 version so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think also its lack of subtlety was a little too loud for me. Oh, okay. I want to hear more about that for sure. But I still liked it. And I definitely enjoyed watching all of these people act together because they could hang out in a room and I would just be a fly on the wall. Yeah, they were a really good cast. I feel like one of the stronger things that Greta Gerwig did is like creating that sister dynamic, like the dialogue kind of overlapping or laughing at each other and someone walking into that and like Lori walking into the sisters, you're like, oh, it's like real girls. Like they're like fighting or throwing pillows at each other, getting pissed. Like it's like legit real. I liked her directing style. I've heard and read that she basically told her entire cast, she was like, I want you to be talking all the time. I want you to be touching each other all the time. I want you to be like Like, like a a real family. Yeah. And get really comfortable with each other. And that – Sword on screen for yeah. sure. So I went to see this twice. First time solo um, on Christmas with some ladies that really enjoyed the theater that were sitting next to me. So oh. side note. They've got good taste. Um, but I kind of was in the same position as Bernadette where I, I kind of found 
the style changes and like the the switching from linear storytelling to like telling things out of order, which I, I want to talk about more with you guys. Like, yeah, I that, didn't see the Pulp Fiction aspect coming in. Yeah, when I was walking into the yeah, cinema. And I was so, like, oh, we're doing this. Yeah, so it was definitely jarring because of my nostalgia and like love of the '94 version. And so I feel like the first time I saw it, I was like, this is interesting, and I do like it. I think it's good, but I wasn't like immediately like, I love this. But then I saw it a second time with my sisters and my mom, and I definitely liked it a lot more the second time because I think since it was sort of like now that I knew the storytelling was going to be that way, I could take my time with it and appreciate certain things a little bit more. So I feel like it'll be a rewatch. It'll be, I'll probably grow to like it even more if I watch it a few more times. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I definitely yeah. think the nonlinear storytelling started to land a lot better for me in the second half of the film. Definitely. Than the first half. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah. Yeah, it was definitely like it was something that having seen the original or like the 1994 one so recently, it, I will say that the 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 way that she chose to tell the story and dull out information through like kind of starting in the middle and flashing back and then slowly growing until you get to the end and you get the ending right. did I think lessen the impact of some moments for me Sure, but I would also chalk that up to I had just experienced them about two weeks ago right? and I'm kind of doing that comparative competitive thing in my head which I'm trying not to do Yeah, um, but I- it's really hard to not do that, though. One hundred percent, yeah. yeah. Uh, but and I would say one of my biggest like positives on the movie is that I kind of have a rule that if any movie makes me tear up or cry out of beauty and sweetness and not sad, I love it. Even if so much could be wrong with it. But what if it is sad? If it is sad and I cry, <laughs> that's fine. But like sad is easy to like kind of manipulate. And sadness is something that you can create a sense of tragedy uh, fairly easy. Not that it's easy, yeah. but it's easier. And the the entire relationship between um, Beth yeah. and, and, Mr. Lawrence. and Mr. Lawrence is some of just like – it's some of Chris Cooper's best acting and he's not even really doing a whole lot well i, I definitely liked, it just really got me i liked this film version because um having come off of just listening to the book they do go into that a lot more so it's kind of like a cool um i mean they still do it with claire danes where she kind of like finally hugs him and is really appreciative and she's tearing up and she's so sweet like that was my biggest uh hesitancy i was like not going to be as good as Claire Danes. Mm-hmm. I could be brave like you. I mean, you. I think that I think that Greta Gerwig also like actively made some choices. I yeah. think that the 1994 really version, Greta Gerwig being like around our age and everything. I think the 94. Oh yeah, version, she saw it. She yeah, loved it. I think that that's very much in her head while she's making this movie. And I think the Claire Danes scene, the Claire Danes scene in Little Women, the scene. Is one of the best acted, best her shot. Lit. Like, I can't do it. Scenes. Bernadette's so doing crazy. it right now. It's so she's good. The, yeah, she's so got like that, that, there's, that um, chin quiver. There's but, like but a, I, she does it in My So Called Life again and again mm-hmm. and again. <laughs> but I think that Greta Gerwig makes the right choice in kind of articulating Beth's passing, like doing it off screen. See, I don't know and, if I like it off screen. Now, and I don't, I, I think I like, I think I know which one I like more, but I think that. Her kind of trying to do an interesting, different take on it yeah. is at the very least interesting. And the beach scene, as soon as like, because it happens on the beach, and it's like when she says right. the line, like, so that that's you know, actually straight. I'll from like the your book. writing even when I'm gone, right? And it's just like, yeah. oh, so yeah. I, 
I having not known that when I saw the '90s version, the um, the book is like. Joe saves up a shitload of money and is like, I'm taking Beth to the beach and I'm going to spend time with Beth. And it's sort of like she thinks Beth has this secret. And for a while, she thinks Beth is in love with Lori. But the oh. but, but the secret actually happens to just be that Beth is pretty sure she's dying and she's starting to be OK with it. But like once in a while, the mom or Joe will catch her crying. And so it's like finally at the beach, she tells Joe like, OK, I'm OK with it decided it's going to happen. <laughs> Can't believe they didn't utilize that in yeah. either mm-hmm. yeah. telling of that cuz yeah. that's so moving. It is kind of powerful and it's kind of like Joe at that point you know already does not have feelings for Lori, so she's kind of like maybe that'd be great and and Lori could take care of Beth and then, you know, that he'd be my brother and like you like hear her you know in her monologue in the book which you don't get in the film but you do get that nice scene of them on the beach together kind of like they've always been sort of like the two peas in the pod so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really good i think the use of the nonlinear storytelling in the Greta Gerwig version all of that is leading up to that Beth scene where yeah. Marley turns around in the chair. I think that's the strongest use of yeah, totally. that storytelling method. Yeah. I don't know if it works for any other point, mm. but you have to build up to that. It definitely, yeah, watching her come down the stairs and see Beth and then watching her do it again and not, it's mm. like, it's, you know, but again, it's like, like gut punch, with the, though, with the even non-linear you know. version, mm-hmm. I feel like that would have been like, maybe somebody can go in and they can like, you know how people have recut memento to be linear? Mm-hmm. Like maybe people can go in and recut Little Women to be linear because I feel like if we had seen that happen at like Earlier minute in the 45 film. Yeah. and then at an hour and 45 minutes, an hour later, we see the exact same thing happen. I feel like it would have hit Yeah, you still more. you still like, recognize it. Theoretically, you know. Yeah, it would have been an even deeper callback. I think it would have been like, oh, that's right. I've lived with these people. And that's not saying that how she does it is bad or no, wrong. It's no. her artistic choice, but it's – I do feel like the the I like I agree that the the nonlinear kind of way of telling it with the flashbacks and stuff does kind of hinder some of the emotional impacts of not only the story as a whole but also some of the interesting choices that Gerwig is attempting to like kind of flare up in this one. Well, I think you know it it definitely um, can be a positive in some instances, whereas like historically, Diana Demiro did not want Joe end up with Professor Bear and thought that Amy was a pain in the ass. But then sort of after uh, listening to the book, you kind of like Amy better after listening to the book. They kind of give her more time to develop. Um, She's really matured by the time her and Lori start interacting together and they both kind of start calling each other on their shit, which I guess is something that wasn't happening with Joe. I mean, it kind of was, but not quite. So he sort of like starts to develop this like desire to prove to Amy that he's better because she's kind of like, you're letting everybody down. What the hell are you doing? And she like calls him out on it and then he starts to better himself. And it's a lot slower progression like of them uh, romantically getting together. Like they just have been spending way more time, like months, which you can't do in the movie, you know? So it's like it takes a much longer period of time where he like keeps finding excuses to go back and see Amy. Um, 
And then you're kind of like one day just like, hey, why? And it's kind of funny because in the book, they they use the same analogy where like they actually go rowing. Um, it's a rowboat and they're both next to each other and and they're doing it together. And, and he's kind of like, do you think we can keep doing this? And she's just like, yeah. And then that's it. It's like just implied that they got engaged. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting because then you have in this one um, – I thought it was maybe a line from the book, but it wasn't. It's like a straight-up line from Louisa May Alcott where she's like, I'd rather be a spinster and, and row my own boat or row my own canoe or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, oh, that's straight from Louisa May Alcott that she didn't want to get married just to get married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it was definitely a smart choice on Gerwig's part yeah. to show the scene of older Amy yeah. seeing Laurie in Europe and that's how you get to know those characters from the start. Because then you start to scene. believe it. Yeah, I love and she's that like, scene. It's, it's Lori. It's Lori. Yeah, I love the scene. And yeah, March is like, yeah, yeah she's like, I know. I know. <laughs> but it made it so much more believable and tolerable, right? Knowing that they were going to end up eventually, it made a lot more sense. Yeah, I in think, this version. I think if you had no knowledge, if you had never read it, never seen a film version, this version was a lot more believable that Amy had always kind of carried a torch for him. Yes. Whereas, and not in a childish way, like right. in a real way. Yeah. And I and I love that scene that is just in this version where, you know, he kind of proposes, like, don't marry Fred Vaughn. You can marry me. And she's like, Ugh. like, that scene was so powerful, mm-hmm. like, so that she's visibly upset. She's like, I don't want pity. How dare you? Yeah. Like, you know, that, no way. That, that I'll never- classic Florence Pugh mouth. That, yes. that 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 midsummer that mouth that oh that, that midsummer that, like, mouth that upside down like <laughs> smile that frown it's yeah you have like, a picture on your phone recently yeah <laughs> I do well because I was watching Little Women and I fell in love with like what is this thing that Florence Pugh does with her face and Lady uh, Macbeth midsummer and this I still have to see Lady Macbeth I do too I read yeah. that I read uh, <laughs> a interview with her and she had some kind of like illness or condition as a kid where her trachea would collapse mm. and they t- her whole family like moved to Spain for a while because it was supposed to be like the drier climate was supposed to be better ah. and so eventually I don't know if she had surgery or not but eventually like she got over it but now she still has like a crazy cough she said but she said that's partially why she has such a deep voice so mm-hmm. I was like, That's weird. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it makes her like having panic attacks in midsummer like so much more interesting. Yeah, right. A little, little Doc Holiday. Woo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on out and dry out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. On, because now I feel like we're get, we can kind of like go through go through the, the sisters, go through yeah. the sisters a bit. Yeah. But before you we touched on before Eliza we Scanlon, jump on, but I want to talk about yeah. Before more. we jump on to uh, Amy, like Beth, uh, I really feel as though Beth is kind of the m- most kind of like underrepresented sister in both versions. Mm. Uh, I mean, because I, I would almost maybe argue that. Okay, but. Right. I think Meg was highly underutilized in this okay. version, yeah. the Greta Gerwig version. Yeah. But right. No, and I agree. I, I obviously Amy and Joe are kind of like the main ones and their relationship is kind of like the big anchor to both the movies, especially the new one. Well, I mean like the 94 version, it's kind of narrated by Joe. Yeah. It's her perspective and mm-hmm. she's sort of the stand-in for Louisa May Alcott. Yeah, she's, she's always going to be kind of the main like character. Right, but I definitely I think Gerwig's version slightly did a better better job of, like, giving each character a little bit more time. A little bit. 
I mean, maybe not perfectly, but mm-hmm. I, I felt like, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't think they spent a whole hell of a lot of time on Amy in the 90s version. It was sort of, that was tough because I love Kirsten Dunst as the kid. But then oh, when yeah. she's instantly Samantha Mathis mm-hmm. as a teenager, and you don't really get a lot of time in, to back like Back in 94, that. when you don't know who Kirsten Dunst is, you're <laughs> no, just you like, did. oh, now she's older. You did because you had just Interview, seen with, the Interview with the Vampire. The people that are watching curls. Little Women in 1994 did not see Interview with the Vampire. I did. Well, Nightmare there you Fool. Go. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. But it's mm-hmm. like, it's all, all of Brad a sudden Pitt like the transition his teeth from into her Kirsten little tiny neck. Uh, the transition from like Kirsten Dunst, like right to Samantha Mathis, you're kind of like this. Kind of feels like a different character. It does. It feels and like a different character. She's, she's very not stuffy. She's not the limes and the no. so degregitated. No, different character for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I like Florence Pugh's kind of. I love Florence Pugh acting like a little kid, where it's like they put her in like the, the like the bigger clothes and stuff know. like that, and she just kind of like form like I mean, kind of just like stands in a different way. I don't. That it always works, but I appreciate that it's the same actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'd feel like unless you were doing some kind of a mini series or something, like there's not a great way to do that. Um, but I do love the like the nuances to her younger character, where she's just like la- where they laugh at each other, mm-hmm. where she's just like she's indolent, and yeah, she's stubborn. Yeah, and- she's just like I want to do this, mm-hmm. and nope. I yeah, don't know like where your story is. Where the physicality maybe isn't really pulling what it needs to just because of like it that is a that is a 26-year-old woman right. playing that that age. Yeah. I think that in the mannerisms and the personality, the acting, I think that she does a really good job with what they have. Yeah, totally. I I think that I would rather have it be the same actress. I think maybe it's, it would it's have been easier. better to kind of gauge a little younger I just, and then try yeah. and make her look older, but I wish it was hard for me to believe that she was young. Yeah. But I was doing my best yeah. to enjoy the acting. Yeah. I really wish they wouldn't have included that school scene where she was actually with children yeah. in the schoolhouse. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. please don't do this. That was no. one of the most you kind of like, for me. It's like, it's like low no, shots that she looks as No, no, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, granted, back in the day, you could have kids of various ages in a single room schoolhouse. But she does look... Way older. Like make an the, adult. Make the other girls look older so <laughs> yes. it's more evened out. Yes. <laughs> I, I also found it odd that, you know, the comparison of that, it, it was very funny, but it was more to comic value where, like, Lori sees her out the window in the new version. Like, why is she in front of their house? Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Well, because she can't, she doesn't want to go home because she's going to get in trouble. Right. So she's but why kind is she, of like, like, right in front of their window? Yeah, it, but it is Well, because she's, like, going home but doesn't yeah. want to get there. It's the yeah. neighbors. But it does kind of change that scene. I, I did like it because it was funny, but yes. it was sort of like the, um, the 90s version is sort of like a way for uh, – Joe to kind of champion Amy and like forgive her because she's like, you know, I can get pissed at my little sister, but how dare you get pissed at my little sister? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it sort of changes that dynamic a little bit. I mean, they still have it with the ice skating sequence, Mm -hmm. but I really like the 90s version ice, ice skating sequence where it's sort of like implied like, Joe, you took off all your layers and put them on Amy. You could have caught cold. You know, they don't really do that in this new one. They save her, but they don't go into hell. They right. save her. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, she's watching her sleep and she's clearly – there is a little bit more of the book in the new version because this conversation between the mom and Joe about being angry and having a temper is straight from the book. Like the mom is so calm all the time, but she implies like, oh, you remind me of me when I was younger. 
And she's like, what do you mean? And she's like, I'm I'm hungry every single day. Yeah, and I was like, that really hit it. Like, that was kind of like Laura Dern, quietly powerful. I thought that was pretty well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt like that that and then Laura Dern breaking down, crying when Beth dies were like the best parts of Laura Dern. I I really liked the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I liked when the father came home and then they're talking to Frederick. Better better call Saul. (laughs) And he's, yeah, which is a weird casting, but I like it. I thought it was weird too, but it is. Bob Odenkirk is good. It is kind of fun. I'm glad I knew already because we looked up like, who's playing the dad in the new one? It was Bob Odenkirk. If I didn't know, I think that I would have just been like, hey, (laughs) Bobby. It is kind of funny though. It's kind of weird. Well, I think that for a lot of people from different walks of life, Bob Odenkirk is a friendly face. Okay. Very I much think so. that yeah. – so when you see him, you are kind of joyed to have him in the movie just as they're overjoyed to have him back. Right, and I right. think that that is pretty much a smart choice and I'm pretty yeah. sure it's intentional. Yeah. I do – yeah. I love I like the, the jokes between the two. Like, yeah. Like, now I can be angry with you in person. Yes. Very funny. Or I loved when he was like, maybe I'll go out west. Yes. And they're all like, you're not, you're an, not an immigrant. immigrant. <laughs> so maybe you should just stay here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like – that sounds like real talk between people who are married, so that's kind of great. Very modern real talk. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But uh, I do think it's interesting because you were talking about Beth earlier, and I like the casting choice there too because Eliza Scanlon is just coming off of Sharp Objects. Yeah, where she was Where such she a is badass. also sick. Yeah. And her mom is like poisoning her and she's like also maybe going to die. And then they cast her as Beth. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, and I didn't know until we watched the uh, the little women the ninety four one. I thought that Florence Pugh was Beth, and I thought that Eliza Scanlon was Amy because Eliza Scanlon looks like the looks youngest younger. one. <laughs> yeah, that's what I naturally thought it was, and then I found out it was different. And I was like, "Oh, we're gonna see how that turns out." Yeah. And you know, I yeah. think all of my I, I don't think it's a disaster, but I one hundred percent agree with you guys yeah. on the that is a twenty six year old woman. Yeah, and yeah. she is. Not 13 or however old she's right. supposed to be, 12. Yeah. But I, I love her performances as the older version. I, yeah. I love that. I love the conversation of the marriage being an economic proposition. I'm like, boom, there you go. Like that. I mean, she lands that scene yeah. with Timothy Chalamet, yeah. who bless his soul. She puts him is in just place. like pulling it out in yeah. there. And I, I do not, I don't, I do not like. I do not like that he doesn't get that really creep stash goatee that ah, Christian Bale gets. Oh, I don't like that. I wish he would have had that too. I wanted it. I wanted it so <laughs> I bad. I loved that. But I didn't I hated know it. that I wanted it until you brought it up. Right? And now yeah. I wanted it. You yeah. wanted it. Yes. But I did. I did. I'm going to draw it on the poster of Timothy Chalamet. No. no, he can't. That's why it would have been great. I don't think he can either. Yeah. Ooh. Well, I don't think Christian Bale could either. Oh, you <laughs> I think, think it was fake? I, oh, I think that was so fake. Lee movie Press, magic, Diana. Lee press, press on stash. Yeah. <laughs> movie magic. Where he just shows up and he's like, yeah, I drink now. I have a flask. <laughs> yeah. he's Well, because I think that that version of Laurie post getting his heart broken is a lot skeevier. Yeah. He's, I, I mean, I thought he was supposed to be a lot right? skeevier. Timothy, well, yeah. the, Timothy Chalamet just plays it as he's kind of drunk and he's sad. He's aloof. Yeah, he's kind of – yeah, he's sad. He's a lush. Yeah. yeah. He's just sad. And, I love it. What he, uh, He's got one of the best jokes in the movie. Uh, where like Florence Pugh, Amy sees him at the party when he comes in with the two girls. Yeah, and he comes. She she comes up to him and she's just like, "I waited for you for like an hour," and he says something along the lines of, "He's like, oh, I feel like I'm in trouble." He <laughs> no, says he, something like that. He, right? he said, "I feel trapped" or something feel, like that. Yeah. And you're like, "What? 
Whoa, how dare you? That must have been uh, (laughs) ad-libbed. He's like, I feel trapped. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, I liked it a lot. I left. And I, I, it's kind of was too modern. I feel like it would not have happened back then. But I love that he's just like, Fred Vaughn, and like smashes his drink and leaves. Mm -hmm. I was like, that would happen at a party now. Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't know if it would happen back then, but it was hilarious. it It did happen back then. Because it happened in the movie. Oh. It happened back <laughs> there. Right. That's okay. when it happened. All right. All right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so on Timothy Chalamet, like as far as like the compare, taking a little a little uh, brother break in the in the yeah, sister talk. Like, sure. I think Timothy Chalamet. I love all of his younger stuff as well. Christian Bale's younger stuff was some of my favorite stuff from the '94 one. A glove. Not, yes. Him with Did that Meg with that perhaps book. Perhaps misplace. A glove. I love that scene. Him I love the, that scene uh, with the so, book where he's like with the book mm-hmm. when he just like flaps his fingers on it. I love it. I love it. I love also like uh, when Joe gets her hair cut. Yes. And if you just pay attention in the background, he cracks up. Yes. It's so good. It's so realistic. Because why not yes. crack up at that? And I love in the this, that same scene in the Gerwig one, uh, it keeps cutting to uh, Mr. Brooks, Laurie, and uh, Mr. Lawrence right. looking on at the the sisters and the mom, like as right. they're all like hugging her goodbye and everything. Right. And it keeps cutting back to the three men in the room, kind of standing off to the side and just watching them, like c- like just like converse, just all like this like this love and like oh this trust and everything like that. And they're just kind of standing there like looking at it and it kind of builds on like Mr. Brooks's like kind of want to be a part of this family. Like all of these men wanting to be a part of this family, family. of women. Yeah. And it kind of I really like how this movie follows Mr. Brooks a little bit more, follows Mr. Lawrence a little bit more, and right. not just Laurie. Because yeah. Laurie, it's very obvious in the ninety four one, like yeah, he wants to be a part of the family. Right. I love Laura Laura Dern's performance when Laurie first comes to the house. It's very good. And she's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can call me Marmy. Everybody does. Call me mother. And he's like, mm. like you see him <laughs> yeah. just like, mm, yeah. yes, that would well, be nice. That would be nice. Because book version of Laurie is presented as really shy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. it's supposed to be like he's been home tutored. He hasn't been at school with people. His parents both died when he was pretty young. So he's supposed to be sort of painfully shy. And then, like, Joe kind of, like, drags him over to hang out. And then he gets more and more silly with her like the more time he spends with them so it's kind of painted like he's like that's lost in both of these versions I feel yeah because the book kind of paints it like yeah he's their bro like they all start treating him like a brother they include him in the the playing and the dress up and all the stuff um yeah and he builds the the mailbox for them and yeah it's it's great and it's sort of like this like path to the girls getting allowed to do different things too like in the book, Meg goes over to their house because they have this beautiful conservatory of flowers. So she goes over there all the time. They eventually get Beth to go over there to play the piano. And they pretend like no one's sitting there, but like it's either Lori or Mr. Lawrence is always there listening to her play. And then, mm-hmm. um, ev- yeah, it's kind of like eventually Mr. Lawrence and Beth, you know, talk to each other. And, and she like is okay with him actually like sitting there listening to him yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah. that that Mr. Brooks reference in the Gerwig version yeah. where he says, oh, we have a greenhouse and yeah. everyone's like crickets. Yeah. Like no one cares. It's that was a of, reference to Meg yeah. going over there. It's kind of a call out to the book because yeah. in this book Pretty she – Pretty cool. Yeah. and then in the movie it's like very odd yeah. that that's even yeah. mentioned. Yeah, because in the – you know, it's sort of like um, Laurie always trying to do nice things for – 
all of the girls. So, like, he's always either bringing, like, beautiful flowers from the greenhouse for Meg. And it's kind of implied in the book and a little bit in both of the movies that in the beginning, Meg's supposed to be, like, the hot ticket. Mm-hmm. So, like, Laurie and, and Mr. Brooke are always like, oh, Meg, like, she's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But then, the debutante. Right. But then eventually Laurie falls for Joe. But, you know, mm-hmm. in the beginning, like, it's like everybody likes Meg. And ends up with Amy. And Joe thinks that Beth likes Laurie. Exactly. Which kind of gets her ready for when Amy ends up with yeah. Laurie. I kind of yeah. like in the book that there's this there's – this, Rotation. Like this, yeah, like not like this kind of shared like kind of thing, like where all the romances and relationships are not necessarily romantic. Like, yeah. But Laurie is kind of – there's this affection that they all have. So just because he wants to be a part of the family doesn't mean that when he marries one of them, he will be. It's how their relationship with him beforehand yeah. kind of cements like he's always been a part of the family. Right. And now it's just official. Yeah, because it's it kind it. of like he really loves Marmy too. Like right. It's like he goes over there to talk to her. So it's kind of like because he doesn't have a mom. Because, so. yeah, when Christian Bale says, I always knew I would be a part of the March family, it seems very possessive it's and very creepy. creepy. If Beth had a suitor, I would despise him too. You're just like, ew, <laughs> yeah. stop it. Mm-hmm. You're like, I no, don't. Mar- I would have married any of them. <laughs> yeah. He, like, puts the comb in her hair and you're just like, she's like, stop it, Lori. So stop on that, I me. wanted to ask about the other creepy part. <laughs> That Rich. it has been removed from the Gerwig version, so I'm wondering if it was just added to the 94 or if it's Creepy, from the book. Creepy, I'll kiss you before you die. Yeah. Yeah. Is that from the book? <laughs> no. Good. <laughs> I wanted to make sure. But in the book, they spend a lot more time with Amy staying at Aunt March's house and kind of um, developing how, like, that's sort of a turning point for Amy to start maturing. Because she's really upset and she's really scared that Beth's going to die and she's there by herself and she feels kind of like she's getting punished because she's there by herself. She doesn't um, understand. She's she, a child. Yeah. yeah. And they um, – the maid or housekeeper at Aunt March's is French. She, she starts practicing French with her. Um, she starts doing a lot of chores for Aunt March. She starts like reading. She starts praying, which is a little weird because they're not Catholic. Hmm. But – um, it's sort of like she like makes all these like efforts to be a better person and Aunt March starts to be like, this kid is good. And that's sort of like why they start to develop after that point. Mm-hmm. She keeps Amy as her companion and has her read to her and do all stuff with her before they go abroad. So you're you're kind of like, oh, okay, she's she's gonna take Amy. She's she's not gonna take Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe's Joe's a pain one. in the ass. Yeah. Whereas like <laughs> my read on like both the ninety-four one and the, the 2019 one is that uh, it, it's kind of she kind of sees that Joe is like a lost cause. Yeah. So just goes to and Meg is already kind of like also a lost cause. Yeah. And uh, Beth is like can't just, go. Like, can't do anything. No. Yeah. So yeah. she's just like, well, then I guess it's you. Yeah. And she's, settles for Amy. It feels like she settles for like, Amy. Putting all my chips in Amy's basket. Yeah. But in actuality, <laughs> in the book, it's kind of like she like. Looks at Amy and goes, ah, yes. You know what I thought was another interesting thing? You guys won't know this because it's in the book. Um, she makes some comment to Amy like, when I die, I'm going to let you have my turquoise ring. Mm-hmm. And then like by the end of the time that Beth's been sick and Amy's been staying there, she's like, you were so good. I'm going to let you have the ring now. And it's like this reward to Amy for like being good. And she's always wearing it after that. But in both of these movies – the kid has the ring before any of that shit happens. She's got the ring on her finger before Beth gets sick. And I'm like, why'd they do that? 
Oh, weird. I'm like, just don't even have it if you're not going to do that plot line. <laughs> right. But I think it's sort of like a way to imply like a Amy's nod. a little vain. I don't even know. Maybe it's a nod. Maybe it's just like, she likes pretty things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird. On the ring, I like uh, when Joe gives... Lori the ring. Laurie the yeah. ring and Timothy Chalamet's like moment with the ring. Like, yeah. what does this mean? If it's, wait, right. is this it? Like, is this the yeah. moment? Should I? That's a confirmation, right? Is that? And that wait. is, and that is also in the book. Like it, in the book, um, there is a sequence of like Amy being like, "What? What is that?" And then him being like, "Joe gave it to Aww. me," and then she feels bad. You know, like she's right. just she like, offended oh. him. And then it's like a big. It's sort of like a un. Uh, he doesn't make a show of it, but like one time day, he's just not wearing it anymore. And she's like, oh, he's not wearing it, you know? Right. So it's kind of like... He's finally healing. Yeah, he's moving on a little bit, Mm -hmm. which is cool. But Um, we're going to talk about Meg, the underutilized. Meg, the underutilized. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Bern, wait, you were going to tell us which characters you liked the most. Oh, yeah. Have we kind of been touching on them, some of them? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I was disappointed with the Meg storyline because it didn't hit me until, you know, a couple days afterwards thinking about her storyline. Yeah. And you did get the debutante ball, but it was pretty brief. It was. But the the beginning of it, the first time you meet her, she's buying the fabric for the dress. She's kind of being goaded into buying the fabric. Right. And then her other through line is her discussing with John about the fabric right. and how she just wants something nice. And she says some terrible things and regrets yeah. it. And then, like, the third time you really see her, it's he's telling her that he she can have the dress. And she was like, no, I've already sold the fabric back. Yeah. And then you see her kind of talking with Amy and Joe at the very end before yeah. the school is built. Right. But it's like that's her entire plot line. Yeah. Pretty much the three times you see her is that discussion of fabric, which is a merited – thing that gives you insight into her as a character but it seems so stunted compared to the rest of the sisters totally it's like essentially maybe two days of conversation about fabric that's the thing that they picked yeah Yeah. you know i that's one of the i love emma watson but i definitely preferred the the trini alvarado version for meg because she's supposed to be sort of like even though she's only a couple years older than Joe, she's the big sister. Like, they kind of all go to her for advice. She's sort of still learning to be mature, but she's also kind of, like, back and forth with, like, she is supposedly has memories of when the family actually had some money. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's the one that would actually miss now that they're more poor. Um, so she kind of feels bad, but she still would like to have nice things. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's a lot more, like, she likes nice things. She likes clothes. She's like, if she's going to be given money and she works and she still works as a governess for like the bratty kids, she spends her money on like frivolous Treats things for herself. For herself. Yeah. She's lace or a ribbon or whatever. And you're sort of like, okay, that's not really giving her a lot as a character, mm. but it's okay. And then it's kind of like how she decides like she wants to be a mom and have a family of her own. And then that's sort of the point of contention with. With Joe. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, you know, they touch on that with both of the, the movies for sure. I, I agree with you, though. Yeah. I think I like the trainee version yeah. better. It yeah. seems more fleshed out and maybe more genuine. Yeah. You just felt like yeah. the Meg in the Gerwig version is like atoning for like a mountain full of sins that we don't get to see. That's true. Like she's just so sad and disappointed with yeah. herself. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the 94 version, that actress is in love with Michael J. Fox and the Frighteners. 
who replaced <laughs> Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. Wow. And now she's in love with Eric Stoltz. So she got both of them. Oh. It all worked out. A tale of two Martys. Yes. Oh, I love that. Uh, I do. I do really like to the Susan Sarandon scene where she's talking to Meg in the '94 version, obviously, because Susan Sarandon is not in the 2019 one. Uh, yeah. Where she's saying she's like, "It is okay for you to like dresses and to like to look nice oh, yeah. and go to these parties. I'm not saying that you can't like that. I'm saying don't." put too much of yourself into it because yeah, then that'll just be everything yeah. anyone sees when right. they look at you. Yeah. And I think that that's like a really nice – because I like Meg's character from what I understood of like the the bones of the story of right. the 94 one, which yeah. I was hoping to get a little bit more in this one, yeah. which I don't – we got a little bit, mm-hmm. which is I like the idea that she's – as the oldest sister, she's probably the most like kind of maternal yeah. because she's helped raise the other ones. She looks out for them. So she kind of – she wants to be a mom. She wants to be a wife. She wants to – be married for like she wants to be married and have that life. Yeah. And she falls in love with Mr. Brooks. Who's poor. Who's poor. And it goes against everything that really she kind of wants for herself. Yeah. Which is like to have like a nice life. Cause she, you know, she's the one that's always like you said, she remembers when they had money and yeah. she's like, oh, it would be so and her, nice. Her friends that yeah. invite her to these things are wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm going to call you Daisy, which is what they oh. named their first daughter. Yes. Know? Yeah. I found that strange. I did too. Yeah. And I I don't remember if they gave her a nickname at the party in the book, but in the book, the kid's name is Daisy. Her, her daughter's oh. name I mean, is hey, Daisy. Maybe it's just like a wink from Gerwig just being like, they called her Daisy at a thing and she was like, she didn't have a problem with it. She's like, oh, that's just their nickname for me. And yeah. Lori's just like, yeah. yeah. What the hell? Yeah. I you know it's a little creepier in the '94 version because he like essentially like touches her cleavage and is like what is this and she's like ah! you know like and then embarrasses well, her. Well, just like Christian Bale is kind of like a creep. He's, He's just got like a, a creepy. Bit of a creep. yeah. He's a little bit of creep. I still loved him. Back yeah. Then. Why, why do I like it so much? <laughs> yeah, he is a creep. Dan, Not proud. Dan Stevens. He's a bad boy. Yeah, that's true. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and so like we still got Joe. Yes. The big one. I think they're both good. Yeah. I think Sersha has some big moments that I really, really liked. Yeah. But other than those bigger scenes. I love Winona. uh, Yeah. And I do feel like because I wasn't as attracted to Sersha's portrayal of Joe, that Laurie also kind of fell by the wayside. They're like Mm. such a partnership for me. They are. Yeah. That I wasn't as into it this time around. But she has some great, great moments. That scene in the attic where she's talking about how lonely she is yeah, was so good because they don't put that but I'm so lonely line in the trailer yeah, for good reason. Right. Because, yeah. yeah, that's a reveal because they're like, oh, I've heard this speech before. It's in the trailer. Yeah. And then she says, but I'm so lonely. Right. Which was very sad. And I, I think that, like, as a character, that's part of um, – in the book, like, they kind of impress upon you – that after Beth dies, she is so lonely because she's kind of been like, I'm not going to get married. I'm going to take care of my parents. And then her mom is like, you need to get out of here. Why don't you go back to New York or why don't you do something else? Or um, I think Marmy poses the like, you know, are, are you missing Lori? Would you reconsider now? And she's like, I think I would now. But it's still a conversation that she doesn't necessarily feel the way she thinks she should. She should, 
So I didn't love the fact that in the Gerwig version that they have this sequence of her writing a letter to kind of like recant her decision. That did not happen in the book. I hated that. So I was kind of like, no, 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 don't do that. Why was that added in? It's sort of like when you're watching Harry Potter and you're like, there's plenty of stuff in here that you'd cut out. Why are you making up new shit? I also felt like it was only used to show the mailbox because they didn't use the mailbox at all throughout the rest of the movie. That's true. Except for that flashback where he hands her the key. Yeah. And then she uses it. To write that letter to yeah. him and put it in the mailbox and then goes and rips it up. Yeah. And it just seemed like such a discredit to her character. Yeah, I just – I didn't like that because the book version of her is so adamant that she does not want to marry Lori and that she thinks either Beth or Amy would be a better fit for him. Because she kind of sticks to her guns that she's like, no way. I don't like high society. I don't think I'm ever going to get married. And he's so upset with her. But she um, – they even say, like, in the book, when he's with Amy, kind of early on, he writes to Joe and is like, is there any chance you would reconsider? Like, pretty early on. And she's like, no, I'm sorry, Lori. Like, no. So he she shuts him down, like, multiple times. And you're kind of like, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of weird to have that moment in the new movie where I was like, no, that's not. Her character wouldn't do that, even if she is lonely. Plus, she and Marmy just had a heart-to-heart where Marmy says, you don't love him, Joe. Yeah, totally. You love the idea of loving him, mm-hmm. but yeah. you don't love and him. You, and you she, like that he loves you, Yeah, that's, but that's the thing. not the same that, thing. That's the thing that, like, that realization for her is that she appreciates being loved more now that she's lost her sister Beth. Like, yeah. she's sort of like, not that she took Beth for granted, she didn't, but it's kind of like it makes her grow and appreciate and, like, recognize oh okay i understand why meg wanted to get married and love is important and yeah 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 so for her to write the letter after that heart to heart is very strange i didn't like it i didn't like it it. isn't it crazy that the the little girl from atonement is just knocking it out of the man i wanted to beat the crap out of her atonement. yeah everybody ruined their lives and it's crazy too now to think about like that they have another actress play Cersei Ronan's character when she's older, but yes. she's the age that Cersei Ronan is now. And it's kind of weird because she's such like a superstar right now that you're just yeah. like, oh, that's right. She doesn't play the older version. Every time they replace her, I can't remember the actress that does replace her. She's someone too. She's in like a lot of stuff. Mm. But I just like, I watched The Atonement like last year because uh, I love watching that goddamn movie. Oh, and, I love James McAvoy. Oh, that and that Smoking is hot. that is <laughs> snack attack McAvoy. Yeah, <laughs> that is snack Avoy right there. I like that. Mm-mm-mm. Using the typewriter. Yeah, <laughs> sleeves are rolled up. Quite the little snack too. Yeah, she's too skinny. She's very skinny. Uh, so bony in that green dress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's always kind of like that. Yeah. Um, big question. Who would win in a fight, Winona Ryder's Joe or Cersei Ronan's Joe? Winona Ryder. You think so? Yeah, yeah she's yeah. scrappier. Yeah, I think she's scrappier. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's scrappier. Mm-hmm. Totally. What, what about uh, – Cersei could which, run, though, as which, we've seen which, her run through the streets of New York. Which Laurie would win? Christian. Christian you looks he like he's older. Him? I love Timothy Chalamet. He's I feel like Timothy Chalamet is like Abe Lincoln. Like he's got a reach. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's also light. Like he's probably light on his feet. Yeah. Can skirt around. Hopping around. Yeah. What about uh, Meryl Streep or um, I don't know the actress that plays. Oh, original Aunt March seems 
older. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was almost, because I hadn't read the book, I thought she might have been like a great aunt. Yeah. I thought I she was supposed to be. I she's the sister of the father. I, I didn't know that. Oh, I, yeah. That, is, that yeah. is a reveal that I didn't realize until you just brought it up. Yeah. yeah. That's right. When they do realize, and Bob Odenkirk and Meryl Streep Are together siblings. on the screen, finally. Yeah. I don't know if that's like that in the book. I can't remember if that's the case in the book, because I always thought it was uh, Mr. March was the nephew. Of, right. So I, I thought I, it, thought, that I thought it was great aunt as well. I don't know if I interpreted that wrong or if that's how it is in the book. I can't remember. But yeah, because she's supposed to be much older. Um, it's interesting too because in the book it's not Aunt March who's going to go to Europe. It's a different aunt who proposes taking Amy and Aunt March goes along. Oh. But they kind of just, they're like, too many characters, and they just cut that <laughs> ant out of both Too many the ladies. We don't need another ant. Get out of it's here. It's called little women. We don't need these big old yeah, women. Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. But I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was afraid that there was going to be a lot of Meryl Streep over usage. Yeah. And there was a little bit, but it was tolerable yeah, and still they, enjoyable. They definitely let her linger on screen once she's there. She doesn't pop up often. I like no. her. And when she does, they're like, it's Meryl Streep. She showed up to set today. Let her run her lines through. Let her do her thing. I did like the the Lawrence men trying to get her to dance. I thought that was funny. Yes. Was Agreed. I liked, I liked that Lori tried after Mr. Lawrence. I was hoping that she was going to dance with Mr. Brooks. Yeah. Oh. That he was going to come up. and That, that would have been, been nice. Like, that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah that would have been nice. <laughs> Um, what else you got on your notes? I think we're kind of getting to the point where we can start oh. wrapping up, get some final notes in here. Sure. We've been going for about okay. a little over an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what did you guys think about, let's talk about the end. At, like of all things or, or yeah. the movie? <laughs> the, well, we're not there yet. Uh, let's talk we're about. close. Let's talk about, probably. Yeah. Let's talk about Joe's end. So 94 versus 2019. Uh, the line, uh, your hands aren't empty, is that's in the book. Is much better in the 94 one totally. than yes. in this one. I feel like this one, it's rushed in as if she's quoting the movie. Well, I, that's, that's right, my so. kind of take where I was like, I know it's coming up. Here it comes. Right, right, like, right. They're not empty. And she grabs them. And I'm like, I get it. It's not bad, but. That's the thing. That's the choice that I don't know if you guys like it or not, but like the choice of presenting Joe as the character Excuse me, my stomach is growling and I didn't have dinner. Or Joe as, as Louisa May Alcott. As Louisa May Alcott, which I feel like if this was a movie where it was like they have movies about Jane Austen and her life experience, they have that that being Jane or whatever with the mm-hmm. – it's got James McAvoy in it. Why am I spacing out on the actress that plays Jane Austen? I also forget, but yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and it's sort of like what was the inspiration for these great stories? If it was sort of like that, like I found that um, – and sequence of uh, Saoirse Ronan Joe watching her book being made, I found that very sad, which I, is yeah. maybe not meant to be sad. It's sort of empowering. Mm-hmm. It's like she's getting her book. She is unmarried and single. She's like getting validated, but it's also very lonely. Like That's when she hugs the book. Yeah. And she's like, there's no one else there with her like yeah. watching it. Yeah. Like the idea that. of, okay, her sister still died. She's writing this book. I mean, that is very much more akin to real life Alcott because real life Alcott's life was like a way sadder version of Little Women. Yeah. And you're sort of like, okay, she took her real life experiences and made them a little bit nicer for the book. Well, <laughs> a little happier. Maybe I misinterpreted the yeah. end 
Because Molly, also one of our coworkers here at Story Screen, uh, also kind of read it as if she didn't end up with Bear. Yeah, she but doesn't. Bear is at the school, and they have like a yeah. genuine moment of affection right. that I thought, no, they still ended up together, yeah, so but it's, it's not interesting. as overly sensationalized like the 94 version. Right. I assumed that they did get together. Yeah. So what I was wondering was like, so in the actual book, the story is like the 94 version. She um, does get together with Professor Bear in the rain, and then they do have that that end sequence at the school. That's in the book. Cool. So it's like... They flash forward slightly. It's the school is going and it's all about how like Joe and Professor Bear are running the school and how Meg and Amy actually help out with the school. And it like becomes this like point of praise for the family. And it does end with Marmy being older and being like, oh, I'm so happy. You know, like Marmy being like, you're so I want to give you girls everything, blah, blah. And she's like, it is nice. But then it, I, I felt like it kind of um, was like, with the new version because I was like, wait, is this just – Are they not getting together? Is, is this just, just her story? Yeah, because yeah. it's sort of like you have that Tracy Letts. Lady Bird's dad. I fucking love Tracy Letts, man. He's so good. But, yeah, just being like, oh, well, the woman has to get married or she has to die by the end. Well, I, I, I took the ending as – I didn't take it like literally like that. Now I'm only realizing that you could interpret it that way. I took it as what we see – at the train story. station, no, is her what oh. she did, and in her story, she wrote that they didn't get together. See, when that's an, a different read entirely. Too. That's yeah, what I, didn't, I thought I didn't it think was. That. I, I thought it was that it like she stuck by her guns, and even though like she did like fall in love with him and end up with him in her book, she was like, "I'm not. I'm going to do oh. the version of my story that I want, that I feel true to. See, I didn't not think what so. happened. I think." Uh, I kind of thought the the flip of that mm-hmm. because it's like her meeting with Tracy Letts and and being like, so why doesn't he, she marry the the kid from next door? And she's like, oh, marries my sister. And then mm-hmm. she doesn't marry the she doesn't marry anyone. And he's like, uh. yeah. And then her rewriting that with the like grand, let's run for the train and meet him and kiss in the rain, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And he's like, oh yes, that's much better. Let's call it under the umbrella. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, which is the actual chapter name in the book. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay. I liked learning Did, that yeah. Little Women was released in two different books. Yeah. And I guess midway before the second book came out, she had brought it to her editor and he said, I don't like this ending. Yeah. And so she had to rewrite it for the marriage to be involved. Right. And mm. yeah, the end of the movie though. is very – the lack of yeah. subtlety that I was mm-hmm. implying at the beginning. It really just took me out of the story that I was trying to enjoy. Yeah. And it became a little too loud at the end where I yeah. was confused. Like – I read it a certain way, but then when I started hearing that other people were reading it different ways, mm. it's like, why did it have to? Do and I mean, that? Like, and I, I think that that's intentional too. Sure, uh, but definitely like, and I think, I think honestly, that's why the nonlinear storytelling is is put in place in the first place because I, I think so. it allows for like, well, they were already on their way to the train before it cut to the editor, yes. right? And we're used to flashing back and stuff, so it could be real or mm. it could just be cross-cutting and stuff like that because they have yeah. done that as well. So yeah. this is Little Women Choose Your Own Adventure? Yeah. Essentially? Well, yeah, it was kind of... Fiction. Bandersnatch? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to re- redo this choice option. Do, redo this choice. Yeah. I Can was I get on a choice TV B, set the please? whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, it's interesting, though, because then I was sort of like, okay, so this is 
in my mind was presenting the um the story option that that didn't happen mm-hmm. that she didn't get married she stayed independent like Louisa May Alcott she got her book published so there is like huzzah that but then you're also like that last the music playing while everything's getting put together in the book is like beautiful but also very sad mm-hmm. so I was sort of like I don't know how I feel about this well I do love too that she's able to kind of like make because she knows it's good because he's obviously very interested yeah and she kind of makes the uh, like okay we'll change the ending but I'm gonna keep the copyright yeah I'm gonna own my story which I'm gonna is, own it and that's kind happened. of like she probably wouldn't have been able to do that if she didn't Say like, okay, I'll give you your ending, yes. but I get to keep my book. You don't own the book. Right, right. which is what happened in real life. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So I liked learning about it and the history yeah. about it, but yeah. it really undercut a lot of the emotional development the I story. had been having yeah. with Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, well, Joe doesn't seem like a real character grounded in this story anymore to me. Yeah, because right. you're like, are you Joe or are you Louisa? Because the, right. the, you know, the book version – the the cover that they show at the start of the movie as like your title card is Louisa May Alcott and at the end it's Joe March and it you're was sort of like weird what yeah. <laughs> I'm like wait I don't I don't know and I'm sure it landed for a lot of other people mm-hmm. yeah I'm happy for that but it didn't yeah. land for I think me. it's an interesting choice yeah mm-hmm. you know what that's and I mean you, I'm not gonna knock anybody no, no. for liking it or not liking right. it but right. I think it's very interesting though the conversation like this exact yeah. conversation that we're having where it's three different people with three right. completely different interpretations when you hadn't it's pretty seen, neat for your right. PG Christmas movie and when you um you were like how'd you like it when I came out of the theater I was like it's interesting yeah. like I was like that was like my – I was like, it. she made some interesting choices on how she presented it. So mm-hmm. I was still kind of like – You had said that and I was curious what that was. Yeah. And I thought it was – because as soon as it starts up halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, we're going to do this. Well, and that's – I was like, oh, I mean, that's, that's what that's Diana was talking part about. Part of it. Yeah. That's part of what I was talking yeah. about. But I was also like, what? Mm-hmm. By the end. Yeah. Yeah, there were just a few other weird random things that I'll bring up very briefly that Please. really took me out. Yeah. Was that – Weird Zack Snyder 300 level slowdown of Joe running through the streets of New York for like a hot second. Oh, yeah. It like sped up really fast and then it like slowed her down in like normal time. Right. Which I thought was a very strange choice. And I hated the double kiss under the umbrella. Yeah. Where you have the shot of them kissing from one side and then you're inside the train station and you're seeing them kiss again. I felt like weird. To me, that was weird and jarring, but I almost thought it was that on purpose because then I was it like, It had to have been. I was like, oh, is that supposed to make me feel like this is not real? This is like movie version, but book version for her, you know, like. Which makes that argument so much stronger. Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I get that I now, but know. I still think it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely, I did like, can we talk Professor Bear for a minute? I did like yeah. this version. I did too. Um, I, I found him a compelling character. Yeah. I mean, he's. Thought he was pretty saucy. His, yeah. Uh, I mean, his uh, actor is definitely younger than saying that it's somebody who's supposed to be 20 years older than her, but they have better chemistry. Um, they have kind of like nice conversations. I loved all the exchanges of him at the house with the family. It was mm-hmm. pretty adorable. Yes. Well, I will say that actor is definitely. Um, in his 40s. You it's think just so? He does, I know so because he's from Dreamers, which was from like 2000. Okay. And he's like 18, 20 years old in that movie. Is he? He just looks real good. Yeah, he does. Well, he good. looks very young. Then good. Yeah. That's not, a, great. not an attractive feature on his face. <laughs> Lies. Lies. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked – I kind of liked that um, 
interaction, but yeah. Oh. Yeah, they seem to have a very genuine and earnest chemistry, yeah. which was nice. I do like his whole thing where he's just like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm just being honest with you. I'm not going to lie to you. And she's like, no, no, no. People are buying this. No, 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 yeah. no. I've made it. I've already decided for myself. I've made it. I'm good. No, no, no. I've already been vindicated with every. No, 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 no. I should do this and, as a courtesy. And he's just like, well, look, you don't have to get mad. At me. I'm just like, it's not. Yeah. My, I like. I love Gabriel Byrne's line in the 94 when she, he's just like, I'm a philosopher. Yeah. I don't read things like this. I yeah. couldn't even tell you. If it was good. Well, like, he, it's not what I read. But he's like, there's nothing of the Joe I have come to love. Yeah. Or whatever, like, you know. You must I do like that one. I do heart. like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like more sentimental where I, I almost felt like I, what I liked about this version is that he definitely is an immigrant. It's sort of like part of it is lost in translation where he's just like, uh, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh, shit. Like maybe he was very frank with somebody her. Somebody might have been more attacked, yeah. but you, that gets yeah, lost when like, it's no, not your native language. It yeah, so yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it is kind of interesting. And it, yeah, she gets just as upset, and that's okay. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely nice seeing this Joe character take the advice to write the book from Beth. Yeah. And find the opera on her own, not be brought there by a man who's yeah. like showing her the ways of the world. Well, plus that whole like, like that. make out at the opera never happened in the book. So. Yeah. There's none of that, which, you know, it's, that's fine. That's okay. That's okay. I'm all right with it not being there. I was kind of glad about that, too. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like the conversation around Gerwig's Little Women more than I like the film itself, but I still like the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it is, like, that's the whole thing. It's like not every movie needs to be a masterpiece yeah. or terrible. Like, they can't It didn't be. blow no. me away, so it's a no good. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. To movies quote can just Gabriel Byrne, it's a no good. Uh, that's what he says when he reads her when he reads her vampire story. What do you think? It's a no good. Uh, he's Italian all of a sudden. Well, I mean, I think he's just doing a really kind of flamboyant Italian accent in the scene. Yeah. Louisa May Alcott, well, as Joe March, wrote yeah. interview with yeah. the vampire in the text, and he was like, "I just read your vampire novel and I hated it." It's a no good. Uh. <laughs> But this actor that plays Professor Bear is French, though, right? He seems like he's French. I believe so. Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bernal? Then why Bernal? not change his name? Well, I guess they have to keep it Professor Bear, but mm-hmm. it's supposed to be German. He's supposed to be German. The fatherland of Goethe and, you know, like I love all that <laughs> they bullshit. They don't mind in the, 90s the accent as so much, much out yeah. in the West. Exactly. It's a no good. <laughs> They could have gotten Taika Waititi to play Professor Bear. Oh, that could have been smoking hot. Mm -hmm. God, I don't know how much snacks you can pack into this little bag. All right. Well, this was fun. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Talking talking them tiny ladies. Tiny ladies. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, uh, dear listener. And thank you guys so much for getting together and having some – sipping that tea and spilling the tea on how we feel about – Spilling the tea. I saved it for the end. Um, (laughs) And uh, for those of you listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. You can find more podcasts and articles and reviews on storyscreenbeacon.com. We also have a store there where you can, uh, as Robbie would say, buy a fucking T-shirt. Nice. Um, and uh, big thanks to uh, Von Holt out there for doing all of our music. 
Um, stay tuned for like some really great. This is kind of like uh, 2020. This is one of the first podcasts we've recorded this year. We're yeah. blowing into it. We're we're gonna get back on everything. We're gonna be doing like some new uh, podcast shows. Uh, Trikai Nine has just kind of launched off, so we're gonna be launching some more of those. Sweet. We're gonna be having a lot more kind of interactive fun. I think this year is the first year we're gonna do our first live podcast, which I think is gonna be a lot of fun. I want to watch Ooh. that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. You should be on it. Uh, and, uh, of course, also, too, uh, I'm not exactly sure when this one will be posting, probably fairly soon, but keep, keep your eye out for our Oscars podcast coming up with our predictions. And, uh, we also have our best of 2019 podcast coming on up where all the managers are going to get together and we're going to talk about some of our favorite flicks of 2019, of which it was another pretty banger year. Yeah. Pretty good. So, um, thank you again for listening and, uh, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. Perfect. Slurps. Yes. I'm impressed, Diana. Don't mind me. I made some notes. <laughs> it was a slow day at work. Oh. <laughs> I mean, no one at work will ever listen to this podcast, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> well, this doesn't even have to be in there, so <laughs> cut this part yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs>